welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ. Know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon. so glad uh, that you're here. And, and praise God for the hundreds of kids, adults that were impacted. And again, it's never about those numbers. What it's about is each and every single one of those child's hearts. That they, each of them has a story that God knows them by name. He knows you by name this morning. And that this week, the power of God's love intersected every single one of their stories in a powerful way. Amen. Amen. So here's what I, here's one of the many things that I love uh, about Vacation Bible School and what you just experienced. This is not normal. Uh, it is normal that our kids lead us in worship, which is awesome because we love the next generation here at Hope Elam. But one of the many things that I love about Vacation Bible School is that for this one week, we, we do this at other times and larger events throughout the year, but for this one week, you can see how our entire church had just gravitational pull to one singular unified purpose. And there is one thing that can unite us as a church. There's one thing that can unite us as a divided world and a divided nation, and his name is Jesus. Amen? And that's a powerful thing. That's a powerful thing. And so it's so much fun to see our unity as a church, that that was our goal. We want to make sure that every child and uh, the byproduct of that, every adult had an experience with God's love uh, this week. And so I think it was about halfway through the week. This normally happens every year. And maybe you can tell by my voice this morning that I'm just uh, slightly tired. But uh, chalk it up to having too much fun uh, and being a 40-year-old kid uh, this week. Uh, but... Wednesday night, I was up here, a few of us song leaders and action leaders were up here on the stage, and I, I looked at my wife and I said, I don't know if I can do it. Like, I, I am not 20 anymore. I, I don't know if I can do this. Yes, even Hula Dude gets tired. I know, boys and girls, it's a, it's a crazy thought, and I will tell you this. This is my secret. There are three things that Hula Dude needs to make it through VBS week. It's Jesus, coffee, and some Tylenol, in that order. But every year, every year, uh, Jesus comes through as he did again uh, this year. And I, I was thinking about, okay, I've got the message coming up this weekend. And I was thinking, what am I preaching about? And I'm like, okay, we're in our series. We're going through First and Second Corinthians. If you don't know, we're reading through the entire Bible as a church. We've spent the last few weeks, First Corinthians and now in Second Corinthians. I'm like, hey, I've got to remind myself, I just found a VBS brain. What am I preaching about this weekend? And then we get to Second Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 9, and this is what I'm reminded of. This is what pops into my head. It's up on the screen. Let's read it nice and loud wherever you are in the room, our online worshiping family. Let's read it nice and loud together. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. In that moment, as he often does, and maybe he does this for you, God says, I got you. I got you. I got this. Whatever you're going through, and I want you to know this morning, I'm not talking about, like, this is way bigger than having the strength to sing and dance with some kids anymore. I want, I want you to hear that verse this morning. I just want to have it hit its target. I want it to, to meet you wherever you're at. 
That verse is actually the heartbeat of the gospel. And this is why. Because I don't know what story you came walking in here with this morning, but this, this is the message that the world often sends us. The secret to life is this. Be tough, be strong, have it all together, have all the answers. That's the message that we get every single day as grown-up kids, as adults. And then along comes the Apostle Paul here in our reading for today. Just a little quick context. Paul is the Pharisee of all Pharisees, meaning he is a biblical scholar. He has kept the Jewish law to a T since he was a boy. Here in chapter 12, he's receiving visions from God. Like, not everybody has that gift. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Paul's planting churches all over Europe and Asia. We know as Europe and Asia. And he has all these reasons to boast. And then we read in verse 5, which Scott so powerfully read for us this morning. Thank you, Scott. Verse 5, Paul says this. That experience is worth boasting about in the eyes of the world. But I'm not going to do it. Because I will boast only about my weakness. When's the last time that you saw a political leader or a public leader or a politician or a famous athlete or somebody stand up and said, you know what? I just don't have it. I'm weak and I don't know what I'm doing. You'd be like, what are you talking about? That doesn't make sense in the eyes of the world. Why would Paul do that? Because he knows I am nothing. I am nothing without the power of Jesus Christ. Amen? I'm nothing and if you know anything about Paul's story, the backstory behind that statement is Paul says, the only reason that I am doing what I'm doing is because I was going the wrong way. I was, I was hunting down Christians. I didn't want anything to do with this Jesus. And Jesus grabs me. And he, he did exactly what we sang about this morning. <laughs> you pick me up, you turn me around, and you place my feet on solid ground. That's what God did for Paul. Amen? That's why he's writing this. Beyond that, Paul's saying, you guys, the only reason that I have breath in my lungs this morning is because Jesus has rescued me. The only reason that any of us have breath in our lungs that we got up this morning is because Jesus saved us. And if I'm going to boast about anything, let's make Jesus the famous one. Amen? Let's make sure that he's lifted up above everything else. Paul keeps on going, saying crazy things. 2 Corinthians 12, crazy statements by Paul. Look at verse 10. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in insults and hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What? Turn to your neighbor and say, what? What? Like that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. This is just crazy. Think about it. In the eyes of the world, the world says, try to avoid pain at all costs. Now Paul's not saying go look for it, but... Even pain and trouble and hardship in the eyes of the world is maybe a sign that God is far from you this morning. Or that God is somehow angry with you because these bad things have happened to you. Instead, what is Paul saying? As I look back on my life and all of the highs and all the lows, all the mountaintops and all the valleys, even the most painful parts, it is clear God did not cause them. But he is weaving them all together into this beautiful fabric. And that Jesus is going to use all of those moments, even the most painful, difficult moments of my life, to tell a story of his grace and of his power. Amen? And here's the thing. We have hundreds of people here this morning that are, come from so different backgrounds. We are so different in so many ways as a church. And we love that. 
We celebrate that. The one thing that we all have in common is pain. We know what it's like to experience some of those things that Paul is talking about. And the question for us this morning, actually the title of the message, how do you turn your pain into gain? You place it in the hands of a God who understands. You place your pain and your trouble and your suffering and your hardship and whatever stress or anxiety that you brought in here with this morning, you put it in the hands of a God who gets it, who gets you. You put it in the hands of a God who can transform it for good. Could it be that the source of your greatest pain and heartache is actually the staging point that God is using for your greatest testimony? Amen? That moment. Now, that's crazy talk, but that's what Paul is talking about in 2 Corinthians 12. Chapter 12, in a nutshell, this is the secret to the Christian life. Kingdom dependency. Kingdom dependency. I am not enough, Paul says. We are not enough, but I know the one who is enough. Amen? The Christian life is a declaration of dependence. Not a declaration of independence, but a declaration of dependence on a holy God, upon the grace of God. And no one shows us what that looks like to live with kingdom dependency more than these kids and hundreds more this week. And so this is where I want to go this morning. I want to talk to you about three things that kids can teach us about living in the kingdom. And right after that, I want to tell you three things that we are called to teach kids. So that's where we're going today. Three things that kids teach us, three things that we are called to teach kids. And it doesn't matter what age you are, what season of life that you're in, these things apply to every single one of us. First of all, what can kids teach us? Number one, kingdom dependency. Say dependency. dependency. Even just saying that, maybe something inside of you goes, I don't want that. I don't want to be dependent on anyone or anything, but this is true at birth. We are born completely dependent on others. And this week reminded me of that just in some simple ways. Like you think about the hundreds of kids that filled this room. They, they completely dependent on somebody getting them a ride here. Some came one at a time, some came 12 at a time, whatever. Just piling out of vans, piling out of cars, completely dependent. They're completely dependent on coming and finding their letter with their shepherd in here, completely dependent. So dependent that some of our younger ones just kind of like herding squirrels sometimes, like we hold, have them hold on to the little string and they all follow the string. Like, okay, well now we're doing songs and now we're doing games and now we're doing crafts. They are completely dependent and it just seemed like they had no issue with that. But we do. We have an issue as adults being dependent and receiving grace. You might call that being naive. I think it's about receiving grace. They're completely dependent and they're completely fine with that. They're so open to the grace of God. And maybe that's why almost every night, literally, we get done with our little meeting up here with the leaders and we open the doors and the kids come running in. And literally almost every single night, I saw kids come in the back doors to church, keep in mind, running jumping, screaming, leaping, bounding into church, and they run up here to the front row, and they're like, whoa, I'm here! Almost as if to say, I get to be here. It's a sheer act of grace that I get to come, and I get to worship. Like, they literally ran up the front aisle, right to the front, whoa, like that. And I'm just saying, 
none of you did that this morning, okay? <laughs> just saying, just saying. It's not about the outward expression. I don't want you to hear me wrong. It's not about what's on the outside. Some of you are like, I physically can't do that. That has nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with the posture of our heart. Say posture. It is really, really hard to grow in your faith when your posture towards God's word is like this. And I will tell you what I didn't see hardly at all this. Maybe a couple meltdowns here and there, but that's expected, right? What I didn't see a lot of this week is, uh, I'm not getting anything out of this. That's not my favorite song. Pastor John, you're weird. Like, I, I didn't get a lot of that. What I did see a lot of this week, this. And in its, amen, and in its purest form, have you ever taught your kid when they're this tall to look up to you and go like that? You don't have to teach them that. And this is why Jesus lifts up kids as the model of kingdom faith, because they are born with a desire for dependency. I need you. And somewhere along the line as adults, this shifts to this. I'm not talking about what's on the outside. I'm talking about the posture of our hearts. They're, they're ready to receive. You want to know what the adult version of running in crazy? I mean, if you want to do that any week, bless you. That, that'll be welcomed in this church. And this is one of the things I love about this church. Even right now, I'm looking out. I'm looking out. So many of you, what I love, that you bring your Bibles, whether it's on your phone or, you know, the paper, old school version. You've got your Bibles. You've got your notepad. You've got your pen, and you're here. And you may not appreciate the sermon, and you may think the music's weird, and you can't relate to the kids' VBS songs, but you're saying, I'm here, and Lord, I just need anything. Because I need a word from you. And I don't, I don't care who's speaking. I don't, I don't care what songs we're singing. I didn't come for a person. I came for the word. And I'm here. And my heart is open. Posture, dependency, hunger for God. We saw this in our kids in so many different ways. In their response to the Bible, and their response to prayer. Every night I would hold up the Bible multiple times and I would say, man, I love the Bible. I love the Bible. Say, I love the Bible. I love the Bible. Kids are like, I love the Bible. And all of a sudden we started, kids started coming up and say, hey, I need one of those. Duh, like why didn't we think of this? And so we start unloading our bookshelves and bringing them down. And every single night, kids are coming up and saying, could I have one of those? Well, I got a friend. I don't know if we have one of those. We realized over half the kids at Vacation Bible School this week previously did not call Hope Elam their home and we didn't know if they had a church home. So praise God for that. That's awesome, okay? And they're coming up saying, can I get one of those? Like I'm not leaving here without a Bible. What if we did that? Those bookshelves in the back with free Bibles, empty every single week. I don't want you to leave here without a Bible either. They're opening up their heart to God's word. They're opening up their heart to prayer. If you go to the next slide, these are some of the prayers that, that kids uh, wrote. And uh, my favorite one down here in the bottom left, I am thankful for cheeseburgers. I'm like, <laughs> that's my guy right there. I don't know what adult wrote that for what kid, but that's my guy. I, I love that. Now, here's the thing. Simple is not shallow. 
I can't spell anxiety, but God, would you help me with my anxiety? Because I'm seven. Simple is not shallow. And they had no problem sticking that on a piece of paper and putting it in the front lobby of our church for everybody to see, to say, I'm not okay. Jesus, can you help me with my anxiety? What if we had that kingdom dependency? What if we had that boldness to pray that? I'm going to set a goal to pray every single day. Some of you might need to write that down. Like, what could you learn from an eight-year-old boy? Dear God, please help my cousin to get well. He has cancer. Here's my question for you. Is your prayer life a checklist or an act of ultimate dependency? Is, is, is your prayer life like, okay, I did it, or we pray with our family before and after dinner, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, like that's awesome. And that is a great place to start. But our kids are modeling something for us. Pour out your heart to God. Prayer is not complicated. It is your God hand and your me hand. And how do you pray, kids? You put them together. It's you and God having a conversation. Don't overcomplicate it. Our kids are showing us kingdom dependency. What if growing up, I don't mean age, I mean spiritual maturity. What if the key to growing up was growing young? And I don't mean childish, I mean child like what if the key to growing up was growing young to embrace our weakness and dependence on God check this out slight detour back to 2 Corinthians 12 for a second look at this the word for grace here in the Greek that it was originally written was charis everybody say charis and the root of that word is car you're breaking it down in English way b-c-h-a-r car this is also the root of the Greek word kara everybody say kara not to be confused with Charis, kara, is the Greek word for joy. Joy and grace have the same root. And I will tell you this, and you got a, just a glimpse of it up here on the stage this morning. You look around this week, there is a ton of joy. Could it be that the secret to joy that you as an adult have been looking for is dependence? Could it be that our inability to find joy is directly linked to our inability to receive God's grace? To say that I don't have to have it all together. I can put my anxiety up for the church to see and say, I, I'm not okay, but I'm a part of a loving church family. Could it be the reason that kids have so much joy is not because they're naive, it's because they know what it means to receive grace. Dependency. Secondly, what do kids show us? Number two, they show us kingdom relationships. I told the kids this week, I stood right in the middle of them, and I looked around, and I saw different ethnic backgrounds, different racial backgrounds. I know that came from city and suburb and rural. Kids from different socioeconomic backgrounds, different church backgrounds. They've been in church their whole life. This is the first time they've literally stepped foot in a church building. And I did not see one kid looking around going, I'm not worshiping with them. They got different color skin than I do. They're from a different country and I can't understand what they're saying. Why don't, maybe we should put them in a group over there and then I'll stand over here with the people that are just like me. I didn't see that at all. Kids are demonstrating for us kingdom relationships. We love and accept each other, not because we all agree on the same thing or all have the same opinions. It's because at our core, we are all children of God. Amen? That's why we do that. Kingdom 
Kingdom relationships. What if the key to growing up was growing young? What can kids teach us? Dependency, relationships, kingdom invitation. Kingdom invitation. We did announcements at the end of every night, and we'd stand up, we'd say, bring a friend. Everybody say, bring a friend. friend. And the kids are like, okay. Like, as adults, we hear that, and we're like, cute. I'm good, though. I got my spot in the pew. Kids are like, okay. Like, our daughter, like, a month before VBS started, she is literally in her journal in her bed at night making a list of all of her friends that she's going to invite to VBS, and she invited them. Not all of them came, but most of them did, and they filled up an entire row. It was like the Evie Annenson network up here of her, of her friends. Like, she just, that girl. And here's what I love about her. Some of those kids are from families that don't go to church at all. Some of those kids are from families that are not believers. But to her, it did not matter because she has experienced something here that is better than anything else in her life. She's experienced the love of God. And in the childlike faith of a kid, she said, I want everybody in my life to experience that, whether I get shot down or not. And we make evangelism and sharing our faith so incredibly complex when we have the greatest news in the world to share with people, invite a friend. Everybody say, invite a friend. Invite a friend. Kids can teach us about that. Over and over in the Gospels, we hear disciples, we hear Jesus himself saying, come and see, come and see, come and see. When's the last time you invited somebody? When did la- and it doesn't have to be to church. I know we're kind of a weird church. I know it can be intimidating. Maybe it starts with coffee Maybe it starts with a grill out in your backyard. Maybe it starts to men's or women's ministry or your small group. Invite, come and see. What if the key to growing up was growing young? I mean, I could go on and on. That's just a few of the things that kids teach us. But the flip side of that is that the Bible is so incredibly clear, not just to parents that have young kids, but to all of us that there is a level of gospel intentionality when it comes to raising the next generation, to investing in the next generation. So we're going to keep it simple this morning. I want to walk through the ABCs of faith formation. The ABCs of faith formation. And if you're ready to check out and say, ha ha, I'm an empty nester, been there, done that, I'm going to scroll on my phone. These three things, this ABC acronym, is vital for anyone that desires to make an impact on somebody else's life in the faith, and we call that discipleship. By the way, that's the reason that we exist as a church. Amen? It's not to, it's not to put on a show. It's not to put on a show. It's not to have a worship event once a week. It's so that we would all look and feel and act and love more like Jesus every single day, and that's discipleship. And so these three keys are for every single one of us with a special emphasis on children and students. Number one, authenticity. Say authenticity. Authenticity. Kids are always asking two main questions, and anyone that's younger in their faith is asking two main questions when it comes to faith. What does this mean? And maybe more important, what does it mean to you? Is it real to you? I cannot tell you how many times those of us up here on stage, kids would come up or we'd be talking to them afterwards this week and they would say, hey, hula dude, what does sin mean? Hey, 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 what, what is, how do you, how do you do prayer? Hey dude, what is, what does grace mean? And it's very, very important that we teach them what those means, but just as important, are they seeing it? 
Are they experiencing grace? Are they experiencing prayer in everyday life? I'm reminded of God's words to the Israelite people in the book of Deuteronomy. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there and kind of follow along. I'm going to put a little snippet of this up on the screen. Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is God telling his people, how do you invest in the next generation? Verses 6 and 7. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving to you today. Verse 7. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you are getting up. What is God saying to you in 2023? I don't want faith to be a few events for your family. I want it to be your everyday life. Amen? Amen. It's not an event. It's a lifestyle. It's, it's who you are. First, notice the key in verse 6. How do you do that? The reason I started with verse 6. Commit Yourselves. It doesn't say, bring your kids to Sunday school. We'll get to that in a second. Verse 6, commit yourselves. Turn to the person next to you and say, that's you. No, say it like you mean it. Say, that's you. That's you. They're talking to adults. Here's the truth. You can only teach what you know. You can only lead people where you are going yourself. And most importantly, you can only reproduce who you are. And that's a challenging one for me as a parent, and I'll just issue that challenge. You reproduce who you are, not who you want to be. You reproduce who you are, not the image that you post on Instagram. You reproduce who you are, and that's true for anyone that's desiring to influence others as well. You can't give away what you don't have. And yet somewhere along the line, we develop this terrible theology and we get these little slogans and these little trinkets from culture and from the world. It's like, you know, oh, the one that just irks me more than anything else is don't just listen to what I say. Don't watch what I do. I probably butchered that. Don't do what I do. Just listen to what I say. You got it. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) It's terrible. Do you know how kids learn? By watching your every move. But you can't give away what you don't have. And so multiple times throughout the week, we do this little activity. And kids, you're going to have to help me out here, okay? Kids, don't, don't hang me out to dry here, okay? We get our hands out like this because God's love is so big. Adults, you can do this too. Don't be too cool for school, right? God's love is so big. And I don't know where it's coming from. As one kid said, I think God lives in the ceiling at church. He's way, he's way up there, right? God's love is coming down and, and, and God's love is so big. Three, two, one. Oh, God's love is so big. Boys and girls, what do we do with God's love? We put it in our hearts and then what do we do? We share it with our friends. Good job. Good job. Can I just point out the obvious there? What do you do first? And I think some of us are trying to give away things that we don't even believe. Some of us are trying to tell our kids that they matter to God when we don't even believe that we're worth it when we look at ourselves in the mirror. You can't give away what you don't have. You reproduce who you are. Kids are asking, is faith a Sunday morning thing where I get dropped off for somebody else to teach me and then we go back to normal life? Or is it reinforced in the everyday moments of life? Jesus did more ministry on the way to doing ministry than anybody else. And I talk to a lot of parents and we say, 
I don't have time to teach my kids faith because we're so busy. I'm a professional Uber driver. That's the season of life. I don't have any time. Jesus did more ministry on the way in the in-between moments than anyone else. Why would we not do the same? You want to know, parents, grandparents, adults, leaders, what's going to make VBS stick is you asking them what they learned in VBS in October. On some random Wednesday afternoon in February, coming home from basketball practice, in the bleachers at the soccer field, on the way to gymnastics, driving home in the car, putting them to bed at night. That's what's going to make it stick. Reading the Bible together at home, serving together, talking about forgiveness, the stuff of real life. In Matthew 28, when Jesus gives the Great Commission, he says, go and make disciples. Everybody say, go. In the Greek, they have different verb tenses than we do in the English, and that is the present, um, present active tense. And a better translation of go instead is, in your going, make disciples. Jesus is assuming you're busy. Jesus is assuming that you have a life and that it's full, and that's why he says, don't stop your everyday normal life and say, oh no, I forgot to make disciples of my kids. Jesus says, in your going, in your everyday living, breathing, make disciples. Speaking of being in the car with your kids, we were on vacation earlier this year. And uh, needless to say, my wife and I were not happy with each other. I had, I know it's hard to believe, I had forgotten something. <clears throat> and she had to remind me for the third time. And she was not happy. I wasn't listening. I felt like she completely misunderstood me. And I'll spare you the details, but I think, I think I said something like this. Oh, dearest wife, <clears throat> I believe that we've had a misunderstanding. And she said, oh, wonderful husband, you are not my favorite person in the world right now. Like, are you kidding? No. That's the rated G version, okay? It was heated. And the only problem was we were on the interstate on the way to Kansas City in the car. So we can't look at the kids and say, if you don't, I'm going to turn this van around. They were looking at us saying, do you guys need to pull over? You got to get this worked out? Turn around, yeah, mommy and daddy are having a little argument right now. Like, we can't punt. And so we worked it out right there in front of them, messy and all. And I tell you that to tell you this. How is the next generation going to know what forgiveness and reconciliation look like unless we do it right in front of them? Amen? Unless we model it for them. It was not pretty, but I will tell you this. Are my kids going to remember that moment where they saw their dad genuinely apologize to their mom, or are they going to remember an hour-long sermon that their dad gave about forgiveness? That moment in the car. Parents, grandparents, adults, make VBS stick. Live it out every single day. Our kids, our students are not looking for perfection. They're actually looking for imperfect examples of what it means to follow Jesus because that's what they're going to grow up to be. Imperfect. Oh, I can't disciple anyone because I'm a hypocrite. Yes, you are. Welcome to Hope Elam. We're full of them. Okay? We're full of imperfect people learning to follow Jesus. Authenticity. Number two, the B of the ABCs is belief. Everybody say belief. 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 Back to Deuteronomy 6. 
there is an intentionality to discipleship. We are all being formed by something, including our kids. The question is, what are you being formed by? Instagram? YouTube? Cable news? Or Jesus? What is the dominant voice in your kids' lives? What is the dominant voice in your life? This is what we're after in Vacation Bible School. I had three different people come up to me this week and say, "Uh, Pastor John, excuse me, hula dude, why do you have the kids repeat after you so much? And I said, Deuteronomy 6, baby. It's right there. Repeat them again and again and again and again. When it comes to teaching our kids and our grandkids, I will tell you this. What, what if a parent came up to you and said, you know what, I just kind of want to let my kids make their own choices, just give them some independence, you know, and they can just eat as much junk food as they want. If they want to have Doritos for breakfast every morning, just go for it. They can spend 10 hours on YouTube every single day and just play video games and never go outside and never exercise and never do any of their homework. Just do whatever you want because I just want to be a supportive parent. You would say that they're crazy. And yet when we say intentionally invest your belief in the lives of your kids, like, oh, don't get too pushy. I want to be a supportive parent. Whatever they want to believe is fine. Yes, I want you to be supportive, but stand for something. Amen? Stand for something. If you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. Parents, grandparents, adults, do you have a personal conviction about who Jesus is or are you trying to give your kids something that you don't have? If Christianity is a hobby for you, it's going to be a hobby for them. And it's going to be done in your free time. Even grown kids. Some of you are sitting there right now saying, I'm an empty nester. I'm out. Woo! I don't have to deal with that. Grandparents, it's never too late. I've never met grandparents that don't want to spoil their grandkids and leave a legacy. So empty nesters, parents with grown kids, grandparents, do you want to leave a legacy? you want to really spoil them? Be more on fire for Jesus Christ at 70 and and 80 than you ever have before in your life. That's how you spoil your grandkids. That's the greatest gift that you can give them. Amen? This is where it's easy to feel a little inadequate because some of you are sitting there right now going, wow, wow, preacher man, that's a high bar. Like, I don't know the Bible. I don't have scriptures memorized. I'm glad my kids are doing it, but I just feel so ill-equipped and inadequate for this task. Well, you came to the right place because you are literally surrounded by what we're doing this year. We're doing the whole Holy Bible in a year. We're preaching through it. We're going deeper on Wednesday nights. We want to invite you to come on Wednesday nights as we're diving deeper. We're teaching you how to read the Bible. There are men's and women's Bible studies every single week where you can come and grow and be around other people that are diving deeper. It's what we're doing as a church. And I want to encourage you to come and get equipped. At the end of the day, I've never met a parent that doesn't want the best for their kids. And I don't know about you, but I can teach my kids to ride a bike or algebra. I could even teach them good morals. But if I don't give them God's word and if I don't point them to Jesus, I am withholding the greatest gift that I could ever give them. I want to give them a foundation to build their entire lives on. Amen? Authenticity, belief. And finally, the C is consistency. Everybody say consistency. You might think, wow, Pastor John, you guys had a big old Jesus party. You just went all out for a week, and now you can kind of go like this and say, woo, we're done till next July. The problem is that's not the Jesus that we follow. 
The God that we follow sent his one and only son, and Jesus came. And we read in John chapter 1, verse 14, we read this. Let's read it together. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Everybody wants to go. Not everybody wants to stay. Everybody wants to be a part of a life-changing mission and have purpose. Very few people want to be incarnational. I want to know this morning, will you stay? Not physically stay, but will you stay present in the lives of our children and students? The God of the universe, Jesus, came and lived, and he dwelt in obscurity for 30 years, unnoticed, hanging out with kids and outcasts and sinners and the riffraff. What was Jesus doing? Developing trust. Trust is built over time through relationship. Will you stay? And I will tell you this, serving in children and student ministry here at the church is not very flashy. It's not headline news. You don't often see it here from the stage except on days like today. But I will tell you this, those that serve our children and students are famous in the kingdom of God because it's a big deal to God. Amen? It is a big deal. It's not always glamorous, but they are famous. VBS is just a, a taste of how much kids and students matter to us. You heard it in the highlights earlier, but we have all these different opportunities. If you've got younger kids, we have an amazing preschool that's here Monday through Thursday. It starts at infants all the way in the nursery, Hope Elam Kids on Wednesdays and Sundays. Power Life and Ignition, our student ministry during the school year on Wednesday nights. They're doing stuff this summer. They are always looking for people to serve. And I will tell you this, if you volunteer to serve for children and students, you're not doing the church a favor. The kids are, do <laughs> the kids are doing you a favor by letting you learn from them and observe childlike faith. Amen? Amen? They're doing you a favor. And if you're interested in that, email's right there. Info at hopeelum.org. Just take a snapshot on your phone right now. I'll tell you this. As we close, at the end of one night, a young girl came up to one of our volunteers. And just in passing, the volunteer said, okay, I'll see you Sunday, because we knew we were going to have the kids sing today. Okay, I'll see you Sunday. And the little girl like, did a double take, and she said, what? She's like, yeah, see you Sunday. And like completely blew her mind. She goes, what? We get to come back again? And our volunteer said, yeah, you get to come back. Like we do this every week on Sunday. And she's like, I get to come back. And then it hit her. All my family doesn't go to church. That's not what we do. We, we don't go to church. And our volunteer said, well, you can come to this church Anytime. That's why we're here. And for the hundreds of kids that were in this room that don't have a church home, if we would do all of that, I would lose my voice and get really, really sweaty and sore all over again for one kid. For one kid, because it's worth it. She's worth it. Will, will we show up when she comes? Maybe she's here today. Will you stay? Will you stay? Will you serve? It's not a flash in the pan. It's who we are as a church. Authenticity, beliefs, consistency. Consistency. You might say, John, that seems like a lot. And I hear you as a parent. I'm constantly overwhelmed with the demands. 
that the world puts on us. <laughs> Some of you are saying, I- I'm not a perfect parent. I've been away from the church for a while. My kid brought me here this morning. I feel so inadequate and ill-prepared. And so I want to end where we started, with his grace. Mom, dad, uncle, aunt, grandpa, grandma, adult, his grace is more than enough for you. It's more than enough. Sometimes we need a picture of what that looks like. And I tell you what, when you become a parent, you know this, you cry at everything, including TV shows. And uh, there's a show that a lot of you know called This Is Us. And this is a clip from one of the early seasons. And there's a couple, Jack and Rebecca, that have uh, three kids and they adopt uh, one of the children, Randall. And uh, I want to show you this final clip as Jack, his dad, and Randall go to karate practice. And Randall's about to learn what it means to rely on the grace of your father and to be fully, fully dependent. Let's take a look. Yeah, you can clap for that, absolutely. I remember watching that like in real time for the first time and Tiffany looks over and says, are you crying? And I go, no. Yes. Because as a father of a nine-year-old boy at that time, I so long for him to know that his dad is strong and can do anything. But if I'm honest and if we're honest, we can't. And the most loving thing that I can do is remind him that I am not the strongest person in his life. That he has a heavenly father that he can come to any time to rely on his father's strength. The world says, grown-up kids, you have to be enough. And the gospel says, you are not, but through Jesus you can be because his grace is more than enough. Amen? We have a savior who says, just like Jack, I'll lift you up. Jesus says to you this morning, so get on my back and I'm not going to stop. And I'm not going to stop loving you no matter what. Because when I rise, you rise. Whatever he does happens to you as his child. When he rises, you rise. When he died, you died. And when he rises, you can rise to a new and everlasting life. If you put your faith in Jesus as the kids told you this morning. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you climb on the back of your strong heavenly father, if you stop saying, I have it all together, I'm going to beat this addiction by myself, I'm going to portray the image of a good family on Instagram, hop on the back of a good and loving father and tell your kids, I don't have it all together, but I want to invite you to follow me as I follow Jesus, amen? Hop on God's back this morning, amen? His grace is more than enough. Parents, grandparents, come down with your kids. Let them lead you to the front for prayer when we're done today. Whatever that looks like, put your faith in Jesus. Give them the greatest gift that you could ever give them. We talk about the gospel this week, and I'd say, best news ever. Kids, say, best news ever. ever. Say, "Best best news ever. The reason that we do everything we do is because Jesus is alive. And I've tried to tell you all about it, but sometimes you got to see it. So before we do our final song, take a look at our week of Vacation Bible School in review. Take a look. We're going on vacation.
no matter how old you are, there's always something for you at VBS, even if a kid is telling you, hey, God loves you. I learned that Jesus forgives me. I learned that you can always trust God, and even if you make a mistake, He will always forgive you. Always have faith in God. That He's the Father, and He's after trusting. I learned about God is that we should help each other and care for one another. That He defeated the grave. And one thing I learned this week at BBS is that God loves us all unconditionally. So what I learned at BBS is that the gospel is simple, that even a child can learn it. Uh, that God is great, He is awesome, and He's always with me. Okay, nice and quiet. Okay, repeat after me. After me. God made me. There's just one me. I am so special. I am so valuable. I am so amazing. Because God made me. And no matter what, I am loved. There's just one me. God made me. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Boys and girls, never forget that. Never forget who God says that you are, and you can do that every single day. You put your hands on your heart, and you remind yourself. And even if you don't have somebody, an adult, to remind you of that, you can remind yourself. God loves you so much, boys and girls. And it was so much fun having a Jesus party with you this week. for joining us. To find out more about Hope Elam, follow us on Instagram at hope.elam or visit our website at hope-elam.org.